Well, good morning. It is good to see uh, lively and vibrant conversations this morning. We are glad that you are here with us. If you will look in the pew rack in front of you, you will find the new Celebrating Grace hymnal. So it's going to take some, you know, breaking in and getting used to being used. So if you would turn in your hymnal to number 571 and stand and join in singing if you are able. 571. of you have ever been a pirate? Have you ever pretended to be a pirate? Um, I, I didn't be a pirate Well, a pirate has, sometimes has a treasure chest. And when they come and hide it, deep down in the ocean used to be, and they would hide it, and they would mark a spot on their map. Well, Miss Ellen has a treasure chest today too, but she doesn't hide it in the dirt. But in her treasure chest are her treasures. Do you know who my treasures are? Um, I have one here of the triplets. I have one here of Luke. I have one here of James and Jude. These are my treasures, but I'm not going to hide it because I don't want anybody to get it, but I keep it in a very special place. But I wanted you to know that you have a treasure too, and you have it with you every day. See my Bible? It's got little markers all over it. See all my little tabs, Wyatt? Those are my special parts of the Bible where I can go and find things that I need to know about God and about Jesus. 
And there's a special verse I want to read to you today. It's from Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. He was very happy. So he went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Well, our treasure is just what I read. Our treasure is our Bible. And it's like a map that we can use every single day to live by. We all have one, mom and dad have one, and it, if they don't carry it with them, it's in their heart, because that's where God is. But what I wanted you to remember was something special about our cross. It's in our church, a lot of us wear it, but if you lay the cross down sideways on top of your Bible, you have an X. X marks the spot where our most valuable treasure is, and that's our Bible and Jesus, because it's in our hearts forever. Can you remember that? That X marks the most valuable spot. That's our Bible. Can we do that, Will? I know you can. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you today. We come to you every day in some way. But today we come, Lord, and say thank you for the joy that is in a child's heart. Lord, we thank you that we have a treasure of you in our heart every day. That our Bible leads us to know that you are always with us. Lord, take care of these children, our treasures, their families, this church. Keep them safe every day, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, this is the month that we have been emphasizing the Hick Jones offering. So um, during the singing of Love Lifted Me, there will be baskets down front. Uh, the GAs, I think, are going to hold the baskets for us. So if you will bring your offering down front and place them in the baskets during the hymn, we would appreciate it. Hymn number 618, Love Lifted Me. 618, please stand if you are able. Mm
Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, your protection, and your love. We are thankful for the sunshine, the rain, and the spring-like weather we've been enjoying. Thank you that we can always trust and depend on you. You are our Father, and you are our Shepherd. You are an abundant and loving God, and out of your great mercy, you have given us much. We gladly bring our offerings to you today. Please take it and use it for your kingdom and your glory. Extend and multiply its reach and influence. Lead us to also give of ourselves and use the talents that we have been given to touch the lives of others, the courage to witness, to simply be loving and sensitive to the needs of others. We are thankful to come together in your house today to give our offerings and worship you. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pay. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Roger. If you have your Bibles today, I want to invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. It says something a little bit longer than that on the front of your bulletin, but we'll be focusing on these specific verses this morning, Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46. I think these words will also be on the screen in front of you this morning as well. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went away and sold all that he had and bought it. I'll be leading us in prayer this morning and at the conclusion of my prayer, I'll be leading in the Lord's Prayer. And I would invite you to join in as you are comfortable. Let's pray together. God, your words here in scripture remind us that just like the treasure and the pearl were of great value, a relationship with you is worth more than anything that this world has to offer. Help us to see your kingdom as so valuable that we would be willing to sacrifice to see it advance. God, it is our desire to see your kingdom advance and grow, both in our lives, in our homes, our church, our community, and throughout the world. Teach us today how to live according to your kingdom. We confess that we often fall short in placing your priorities above our own. Forgive us, Lord, and lead us in the direction that you would have us to go. God, our hearts are heavy for those who have lost loved ones in Florida. Bring comfort as only you can. God, we thank you for the life of Billy Graham and we ask that you bless and comfort the Graham family during these days. We also pray that in the coming days as the country mourns his death, that the good news of Jesus Christ that Billy preached would travel through every form of communication possible to preach the gospel message. God, give us a longing in our hearts, again, to see your kingdom that we're going to talk about this morning. Help us to have that longing so we can see that kingdom advance in our lives, in our church, our community, and world. Bless and heal those within our church and community that are sick, those struggling at this hour with cancer, those awaiting transplant, those who come this morning simply in need of guidance. We pray for discernment and direction. Those in need of encouragement. Maybe those who need to be challenged this morning, may you have your way in their hearts and lives. Bless the preaching and the music and grow your kingdom in us today that we may demonstrate your love to all who come in contact this com with this, this coming week. Let's pray now the, the prayer that our Father taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. What a beautiful song. Thank you, choir, candy, and musicians, plural, this morning. Thank you all. You know, as we think about kingdom living this morning, what a great prayer. The choir has kind of got us moving in that direction of ordering my steps. I don't know about you, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, I want him to order my steps. And I think we all have that desire and all have that prayer as we think about walking in faith each day. Well, I have enjoyed the last two months. We've been looking at the parables of Jesus and we have been learning some different things from each parable. We've looked at mostly familiar parables, a few unfamiliar ones. These last four Sundays, uh, including today, have been uh, very enjoyable. We've looked at uh, love for our neighbor in the Good Samaritan parable. We've talked about love for the lost with the sheep last week. And then a couple weeks back, we talked about love for family and looked at the parable of the prodigal son. And this morning we find ourselves in Matthew 13 as we talk about love for the kingdom. The word kingdom is a common word throughout Matthew. And if you have been raised in church, the most, I would say, frequent time that we've heard this word, and sometimes if we, if we think about it, we may hear it almost every Sunday, and we hear it right around the time of the offertory prayer. Somebody will often say, Lord, we thank you for the gifts and the giver of the gifts, and we pray that these gifts would be used for what? For the upbuilding of your, of your kingdom. And so we often hear that word around the time of the offertory. As we read through Matthew, Matthew references kingdom of heaven, someone told me this week, about 32 times. And so it's not just familiar to Matthew. However, Mark and Luke reference the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of heaven. However, when you begin to study those, there are more similarities than there are differences to those. And so the same meaning uh, can be thought of when you hear kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. The reference to the kingdom of heaven speaks of the rule of God. It speaks of the ways of God and the will of God, the rule and again, in the reign of God, the kingdom of heaven, the will of God advancing in our lives and in the world. When we think of kingdom today, our minds, especially for those who have children in the home, may go to a king or queen in, in, in a movie, but we still have countries today that have kings and queens. Um, in the first century, there was confusion with many Jews about what kind of kingdom Jesus had come to establish. Many had, were looking for this earthly reign and this earthly kingdom, uh, but Jesus was proclaiming a new way of life. With the presence of God incarnate in Jesus, the kingdom is here and now, and the kingdom is also in the future reign of God. The kingdom of heaven was the central theme of Jesus's teaching and preaching, and the central theme of Matthew's gospel. As it is in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters five through seven, he reminds his followers that the kingdom should be our central focus as well. The commands and the instructions and the teachings that are in the Sermon on the Mount are clearly for today. When you begin to read those, you see that he's talking about not something, he's sure, he's talking about something that can be applied in the future, but he is saying that these things that I'm talking about need to be applied to our life as followers. If you're followers of Jesus, if you're followers of me, these are things that need to be applied in the here and now. They have a present context to them. You may recognize some of the instructions in the Sermon on the Mount. Let's see if these ring a bell. In the Beatitudes, chapter five, verse three, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Later in verse 10, still in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Later in verses 19 and 20 of chapter five of Matthew, 
Jesus says, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter, enter the kingdom of heaven. Later in chapter six, he says, your kingdom come. We prayed that earlier. Your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven. One of my favorite scriptures, one that I learned when I was a young child and one that you may know by heart this morning, Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, these things meaning our basic needs as we read the passages before that, will be added to you. In Matthew 7, 21, the last verse I'll point out from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus sees the present and the future together in a kingdom context. Because of the coming of the kingdom, we need to live this way now. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in the present. And as we do this, we testify to the coming age when God will make everything right that is wrong in our world. There's a book by Jeff Christofferson called Kingdom Matrix. I know some in the room have read this book. It came out a few years back. But he has a quote in this book that says, where the king is central, where his worship is the most important activity and his mission our primary goal, we will see the kingdom gain ground. We will see the kingdom gain ground. This week we turn our attention to the 13th chapter of Matthew. And here where we find Jesus once again speaking often about the kingdom through a series of parables, the context of these parables is important. If we don't understand the background often in a text, we can't always interpret and understand what it is that Jesus was trying to say. I want to re- re- or help us all to remember that at this time, at this place, chapter 13 of Matthew, Jesus and the religious leaders are beginning to have a little conflict. They're beginning to butt heads and tensions are beginning to rise. And so Jesus moved from the direct teachings that we find in the Sermon on the Mount that were very clear and very direct to more indirect teachings, to, to teachings through parables that those who follow Jesus and pursue his ways and his will would be able to understand or later to ask him about later in private, but yet to the religious leaders and to those who were also in the crowd who were trying to cause trouble would not understand what Jesus is saying. And so into this context, Jesus shares this parable of the treasure and this, this, this parable of the treasure of the pearl. Let's, let's read the scripture again. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. I don't know how many treasure seekers we have here this morning. And I don't know if any of you are that man or that woman that you sometimes when you're lounging around at the beach, you see walking around with that, is it a metal detector? Is that what it is with the headphones on? And they're looking for something, you know, I've always wanted to go up because I haven't, nobody in my family did that. And I've always, so if you're that person, come up to me afterwards. I want to know what you found. If you have found something, um, I had to, did not have the courage to go up to, to one of those people at random and just say, have you found anything? 
Uh, but some of you may be that person and you can tell me if you've ever found anything. But I remember uh, growing up when my parents were building the house that I grew up in, I was five or six years old and it was kind of, many of you would call it mountains. Some, I, some, some may call it foothills, but nevertheless, it, it's kind of on a mountain. And uh, I remember where our permanent driveway sits now, there was an old wagon trail. And my sister and I, I was about five or six, she was mm, preteen. And we would search around that wagon trail because one time we found an arrowhead, just randomly found an arrowhead. And so we started looking and we found other things. And so that was kind of like a goal until every, all the construction people and everything just kind of, so there may be something hidden where I grew up and I don't even know about. Uh, but nevertheless, it was fun to, to search and to think about finding a new treasure and what we might find as we, as we searched that what we believe to be an old wagon trail. Recently, I was introduced, someone here in the church introduced me to a program on the History Channel, which I still have not been able to watch yet, called The Curse of Oak Island. And some of you may have watched that on the History Channel, but it's these two brothers that are looking at an island that's now covered with trees, I think on the coast or right around Nova Scotia. And they believe to be that some valuable treasures are on that island. And these two brothers are in search of those treasures. So we can maybe find out together this season if they find uh, anything. But I found out about another show called Cooper's Treasure that's on the Discovery Channel. For those of you who like, uh, I see some conversation going on out there this morning, that like, that like treasure hunting. And then there was an old NBC show called Treasure Hunters where uh, people would find and, and discover these treasures. What's interesting, let's go back to our text now. What's interesting is that in the first parable, the man is not seeking treasure. Whereas in the second, the man is actively looking for a treasure. Have you been that way before? Sometimes you're not looking for something, but you find it and you're not even looking. And then other times we search and search and search, sometimes find and sometimes do not. But Jesus covers the whole gamut of humanity here, from those who are not spiritual seekers to those who look intensely over a long period of time for deeper meaning and for a spiritual connection. I can share more about these parables by going ahead and sharing our first lesson that they teach. And that first lesson is true disciples recognize that God's kingdom is so valuable that it's worth sacrificing whatever it takes to be its citizen. The kingdom of heaven is like a valuable treasure. A relationship with God is valuable, amen? So much so, not only for the here and now, but also for eternity. The kingdom of heaven is worth far more than anything that you and I could ever possess or could ever own. These parables are a call for all of us to desire the kingdom above all else. The famous missionary, Jim Elliott, which many of you know or remember his story, and you, would, you will recognize this quote. He is remembered as saying, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. There is nothing that even compares to a loving relationship with the creator of the universe. There's nothing that we can own, there's nothing that we can possess that will ever compare to what it means to know and to follow Christ. Notice that in each parable, the individuals sold everything. They left nothing. The men knew the treasure was better than their homes, better than their belongings. The treasure was so important to them that they joyfully gave up everything else in the world to gain the treasure. And that treasure represents a relationship with Jesus. 
So it leads us to ask the question, what is it that you and I need to give up to more fully claim the treasure that is ours in Christ Jesus? Is there something, is there a possession, is there something that we can see, touch, and, 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 and hold or experience, something that we own or possess, a material thing that is keeping us from following more closely and living in this kingdom life more fully that God would have us to live? These parables teach us that new life in God's kingdom is much more than going to heaven when we die. Kingdom life is here and now. It is knowing the Father. It is listening to his voice. It is having his peace and his joy and his love and his power in and through our lives. Jesus said, I have come so that they can have life. I want them to have it in the fullest possible way. Or many of you have learned, I want to have it, I want you to have it more abundantly in John 10, 10. This parable emphasis, this parable's emphasis is not on what we give up, but on the unfathomable new life, the treasure of Christ that is being offered to you and to me. The treasure of a new life, the treasure that is worth far more than anything that we could possess or give up. Jesus makes it clear that we should not let anything keep us from entering the kingdom of heaven. And when we know the value of what we have, we should share it with everyone that we know. And this leads us to our second lesson for these two parables this morning. If the church's message is to be viable, then it has a responsibility to demonstrate the presence of God's kingdom. Amen? If the church's message is to be viable, then it has a responsibility to demonstrate the presence of God's kingdom. The church does not bring in the kingdom. Jesus has already done this. But it does bear witness to, it is a servant of, and it does demonstrate, it demonstrates the presence of the kingdom. As Christians, we have the task, if you will, to show forth the reality of this kingdom that is in each of us, this treasure that we have in a relationship with Christ, God's kingdom in the here and now. How do we communicate this? How do we demonstrate this? We can do it in many ways. We can do it through our everyday lives in our homes. We can do this through the way that we treat people. Christians often do this by responding to and becoming involved in natural disasters. And after, you know, coming in and helping communities clean up and rebuild following a natural disaster. We do this by going into places that are dangerous and to areas that are often disadvantaged. Why do we do it? We do it because of the kingdom. We do it because of what Christ has given us, what he has demonstrated, what he has shown us. And we want to show his love to the world in tangible ways. And not only do we want to show it, but we also want to share it. We want to let people know that this kingdom life can make a difference in your life, have you responded to the message, the good news of Jesus Christ? The same Holy Spirit present in Jesus Christ must be active in us, his church, showing compassion, showing forgiveness, being people who pursue justice, and the, also the joy that marks Jesus's ministry that we see here in this parable as well. You know, sometimes you don't see joy in Christians, you know, you, you get caught up in stuff and you just kind of, you know, but joy should be something that is contagious in us. It should be something that we just can't help ourselves. God has given us so much in the treasure that is Jesus Christ. How, are, how is the joy in my life and how is the joy in our lives? We must show forth and live out, verbally share God's kingdom with others. We don't do this to gain recognition for ourselves or even one particular church, but we do it all for his glory and for his kingdom. 
On our own, we can't be part of God's kingdom. Jesus came to make this kingdom available to everyone. In Mark 1.15, Jesus takes away the sin of everyone who trusts in him. The person has a changed heart and we want to do as a result of what Christ has done in us, we now want to do and want to pursue his will for our lives and for our community and for our world. By the grace of God, he sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of us so that you and I are able to do God's will. When we discover that we can enter God's kingdom, we have a choice to make just as this man who found the treasure in the field, just as this man who found the pearl. We have a choice to make. We can see the treasure and we can just go back to the old way of life or we can see God's kingdom full of peace, love, forgiveness, freedom, and joy and want it more than anything else. The individuals in the parable today wanted it so much that they sold everything they had because it was so valuable. Question that we can also ask ourselves, are the choices I'm making helping me to grow in kingdom living? Or are the choices I'm making helping others to grow in kingdom living? Some of you have been enjoying the Olympics these last two weeks and there's been all kind of roller coasters and different things that are happening, some drama and uh, new news every day and, and some disappointing and others exciting people that we didn't expect to win or winning. And I understand, I think the U.S. won gold in curling. Am I, am I correct in that? You know, I don't think we thought about that going in, did we? You know, um, but each time the Olympians win, we have the podiums, you know, on the platform and the bronze, the silver and the gold. And whose song do they play when that gold medalist is standing on the platform? Do they, does the gold medalist get to choose the song in which they play? No, they represent, I hate to say kingdom. We don't think of our country as a kingdom or any country. Some, some are though, but that song is the national anthem. That athlete doesn't choose any old song to play, but the song represents the kingdom. The song represents the country from the athlete who won the gold medal. And when it comes to living in God's kingdom, he wants us to run for his kingdom in such a way as to win the prize. And when the victory song is played, it represents his song and his glory and not our own. The lyrics in such a song would reflect the idea of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. It'd be something like that in the midst of the song. As believers, our lives should be lived in such a way that God receives the credit and that God receives the glory. Not Keith, not your name, not Boiling Springs Baptist Church, but God and his kingdom. As I begin to close today, I want to extend the invitation, but I'm gonna have some help in extending this invitation. An invitation to enter into the kingdom, an invitation to follow the good news of Jesus Christ. But again, I'm going to have some help. Help from someone who lived out and modeled kingdom living. Billy Graham was the best at extending the invitation. And for over seven decades, he extended it faithfully to over 200 million people across 185 countries. This man knew something about kingdom living. Following this invitation message, if you are here today and you wanna know Christ, you wanna know more about this treasure that we've talked about this morning, I invite you to come. 
I urge you to respond to the message that is good news that is found in Jesus Christ. Nowhere in the scripture does it teach that you are to search and pursue happiness. You find happiness as you do your duty. You find happiness as you lead a disciplined life before God. You'll have periods of happiness. But God nowhere promises happiness is to be a goal in life. It's not a goal. Our goal is to obey God. Our goal is to do the will of God. Our goal is to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we move along, we will pick up happiness here and there along the way. If you sense a longing for God, a desire to change and be a new person, that's God speaking to your heart. And as you respond, he will give you the ability and the power to change because he has to do the changing. To delay makes the right decision harder. And indecision in itself is a choice. You decide tonight that you're going to wait till some other time. That's a choice. Away from God. And your heart gets harder, the Bible says. And the next time you have an opportunity to come to Christ, your heart may not be as ready as it is tonight. He can fill that cosmic void in your heart because that void in your heart is made because you're made in the image of God. And without God, there's a void there that only God can fill. Nothing else can fill it. Marriage can't fill it. Drugs can't fill it. Sex can't fill it. Alcohol can't fill it. Friendships can't fill it. The church even can't fill it. Relig religion can't fill it. But the person of Jesus Christ can fill it and can give you a brand new life from tonight on. If you're willing to accept the challenge of Christ who loved you so much that he died on the cross and rose again and is alive tonight, ready to come into your heart and into your life. Have you responded to the message of Jesus Christ? Have you found the treasure that we've talked about this morning? Are you a part of kingdom living? Or you partner with other Christians to see his kingdom and his message advanced? not only here in your own life, in your homes, and community, and around the world. I'm grateful for a church that participates in kingdom living, that gives as you have this morning so that others can know, so that others can hear and respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. But I ask you this morning, as Billy has also asked you as well, have you responded to the good news of Jesus Christ? Let's stand and sing, and we're not singing what's in the uh, bulletin this morning. We are going to sing just as I am this morning. And what number is that? Number 500? So let's stand and sing together. And I invite you, if you've never responded to Jesus Christ, the invitation is extended. I would love more than anything to talk with you about that. If you're here today and desire church membership, I invite you to come and let's talk. Let's sing together.